we are in our last week. We finished Psalms. How many of you did all the readings this week? Real simple readings. Oh my goodness, so great to go through. We're done. Woohoo! And we get to go over what we what we learned today. And so, um, how many of you know where you were January 9th, 2017? Anybody? Everybody's trying to figure out where they were. There's a person who knows where they were January 9th. I know exactly where I was. January 9th, 2017. I was in Mark and Barbara's house watching my Clemson Tigers win the national championship against Alabama. Two years later, January 7th, 2019, I was at Mark and Barbara's house watching the Clemson Tigers win the national championship again. Do you know where you were June 25th, 1994? My wife is laughing because she's not exactly sure herself. (laughs) This was the day that I married Shannon. The, the running joke is she can never remember our date. I can. She can't. That's why she's laughing over there. Like, I don't know. Where was I? I'm not sure. <laughs> is that the date? Are you tricking me? I don't know. When we think of milestones, we like to celebrate, don't we? I mean, it was great. I, I loved being at Mark and Barbara's house on January 9th, 2017, because the year before, we were in the youth room. And Alabama was playing Clemson, and, and that didn't go as well. As a matter of fact, I know exactly when it turned. Because we were watching in the youth room, and I was having a great time. And Clemson was winning that game until Sam Hatchell. <laughs> Sam Hatchell entered into the youth room and decided to play antagonist. And said, I'm pulling for Alabama. I'm just gonna, I'm just trying, not because I have any, you know, skin in the game. I just want to be against you. I swear before the Lord Almighty in this place, from the moment he made that declaration, it went south for Clemson. They were winning the game when he came in, and they lost. I have tried without success to rescind his invitation to any further national championship games. To Clemson, but he was there for both of those other celebrations. We are a celebrating people. God calls us to celebration. Amen? Sincerely. God has placed within us a desire to celebrate and to praise God and, and to, to bring about these celebrations in times of such joyous festivity. Whenever we accomplish something great, we just had the Olympics, and whatever you think about the Olympics in and of itself, it's usually a wonderful time to get together to watch people who have worked so hard for their countries to see this accomplishment on a world stage And to hear and see them as they have accomplished what so few in the world are able to do. And if they win that gold medal and they get to see their anthem of their country displayed, oftentimes you see tears of joy, pride, just beaming smiles. You cannot believe what all has happened and what it took for them to get there. Or if you watch the Super Bowl or you watch uh, the fall classic that will be coming up in the World Series. When you see these amazing events that happen... 
and the team finally, all of their expectations, or the individuals finally, all of their expectations, all that they've worked for, it's just such an accomplishment. It's why when we finish high school or we finish college, we do with ceremony. This is an accomplishment that everybody comes in and comes to see. Weddings may not necessarily last long, but everybody flies in from every place to celebrate. And why? Because God has put us in our heart that there are things that are worthy to be praised, things that are worthy to be celebrated amongst us. And how fitting is it for us to finish out the Psalter? For those of you who don't know, the Psalter is just a fancy word for the book of Psalms, okay? That's all it is. The book of Psalms is the Psalter. It's the collection of songs that they would sing. And so the Psalter ends exactly how we read this week. You know, we haven't been going in order. We've been doing different things, but we ended in order, and it's all songs of praise. We read Psalm 144, 146, 147, 148, and 149, and 150. And what I really loved as we were getting into the last part of this week, right? The last part of this week was four psalms that all had a different focus of praise, Psalm 147 was about the people of Israel and the promises of God to the people of Israel and why he's a God worthy to be praised because of what he's done for Israel. Psalm 148 was broken up between this beautiful, beautiful psalm of praise that broke up the heavens in the first half of the psalm and then the earth and all the creatures that were on the earth and the mountains and the hills and the valleys, all of that to praise God because he's worthy of praise. Psalm 149 was talking about the individuals, the saints of God, in the sanctuary of God, lifting up praises to God, just like we were today. And Psalm 150, I I believe it's there at the very end on purpose. I really do. That is put at the very end of the Psalter for one reason and one reason only, because it ends the thought of where we should all end when we're thinking about God. And that's what we're going to look at today. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 150. Six verses. We're going to read it together. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and flute. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That... Everything that we have read, this half year's period of time, leads to this culmination that God is worthy of praise. And God isn't just worthy of praise from my voice, or even our voices, but everyone's voice. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And the beauty of this is, for those of you who've been watching the YouTube channel, I've mentioned this already, but it stands to mention again. Someday that's going to be a reality. You realize that? Someday, because of what God has done through Jesus Christ, our Lord, everybody is going to praise God. Whether they want to or not, they are going to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Turn with me real quick to Philippians chapter 2. In this great testimony of God, 
that Paul is talking about Jesus and how he humbled himself and then talks about the nature of Christ in these verses that many of us know well, starting in verse 6 of chapter 2, talking about Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself. And he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Someday, everything that has breath is going to praise the Lord. That's an awesome thing to think about, isn't it? I mean, it's a really, really awesome thing to think about. I I don't know that you and I always grasp the amazing future we have with God to look forward to. One of the most amazing worship experiences that I was ever a part of actually happened at camp. I would say somewhere between 2003-2006. I cannot remember the year. I will never forget the occasion. The way we were broken up at that time is that we broke up into D groups. We weren't with our own youth group the entire time. They kind of mixed us with everybody else. We chose a little bit here, a little bit there. So I had some from our group and some from other groups. And we spent the week together in our D groups. And the way that this particular camp was arranged was every night your group would get together, you'd do some activity, and one person would draw what you were going to do as a group. And they kind of outsourced a lot of the camp features to the youth group, to these D groups, if you will. And one day we drew the worship time, that it was our group to bring in a time of worship for the entire camp based upon the theme that we were walking through, what was going to be spoken on, all of those things that were happening. And our group decided, as we were talking about heaven, that we wanted to give uh, a picture, if you will, of the calling of Isaiah as a call to worship. And for those of you who don't know, the calling of Isaiah is found in Isaiah chapter 6. If you'll turn there real quick, we're going to look at the first four verses And it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne high and exalted. And the train of his robe filled the temple, and above him were seraphs, each with six wings. And with two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And using that as our theme, we, we created this idea that what we wanted to do was create an atmosphere of worship that was a little bit different, that, that helped us to visualize the scene in heaven that, that Isaiah was given this vision of. And so if you've ever been to camp before, we, we blacked out the chapel windows they had a smoke machine that was there, so they wanted to use the smoke to, to represent what was happening in the temple at that time. 
And the band that was up front as people were coming in, because there were probably about 300, this was a huge camp this year. There were probably about 300 people here at this high school camp. And as they came in kind of one at a time, the worship band up front was just chanting what the seraphs were chanting in heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And because our, our group has always traditionally been like, dude, it's worship, we're going, like now. So we were there first. And everybody's just filling in. And it's like 10 to 15 minutes of just holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And you just hear these voices build and build and build. And after 15 minutes when the doors were shut, we started worship. And I, I will remember that forever as one of the most amazing worship times that for, forever because I was there. I remember closing my eyes during some of that chanting, just thinking of what Isaiah was seeing up in heaven as God was revealing himself in this special way where he could just see the glory and holiness of God as we praised together. It was, it was amazing. It was special. And I don't think we always think that this is what heaven's going to be like. But this is a consistent picture we keep getting. Revelation chapter 5. To understand why and, and what it is we're praising. We're going to look at this whole chapter together. But, but starting in these first verses, John is also seeing this vision from heaven of things that are happening in the heavenly realm. And he says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. And I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside I just want to stop there for just a moment. We see this scene in heaven, this this scroll that is before the hand of God, this scroll that needs to be opened to be a blessing for all people and the nations that are there. And no one can open it. No one in heaven can open it. No one on earth can open it. No one under the earth. I have no idea when John is seeing this revelation that's brought before him, how much time has passed because he says, I wept and I wept. Here is something to be a blessing to all the nations and nobody can open it. To understand what it is that you and I are praising about is to walk through this and to understand there is nobody that can open the seals on this scroll for the blessing of God. That you and I are left in despair without it. Verse 5. And then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed and he's able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then I saw the lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he came and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. 
And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked, and I heard a voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousands. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and in a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshipped. That Jesus was able to open that scroll that nobody else was able to open is something we will commemorate for all eternity. That we will praise God for all eternity and because of which he is worthy of praise because he was able to do that which you and I would never be able to do because he gave of himself by dying on the cross for you and me became the sacrifice for all and became worthy to open that which no one was worthy to open. And so we sing to him a new song. And we reserve for him praise and honor. And we're bowing down and worshiping. This is happening in heaven. This will happen forevermore. You guys realize that, right? Revelation 7, 9 through 12. After this, I looked, and there was before me a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. A multitude of people like nobody could count from every tribe, people, language, and nation. That Jesus has redeemed for himself because they've believed in his sacrifice that he did for all. Worthy to be praised forever and ever and ever. There's nothing like good praise. I mean, when you get in good praise in that moment in time and you recognize the glory of God, you forget about yourself. It isn't about you anymore, whether you even like the song or not. It's about the presence of God, who he is and what he has done in Jesus Christ because he is worthy. It's not our musical style. 
It's not what we want in that given moment in time. It's all about Jesus. It's all about God. It's all about what he has done for us. To make it about ourselves is to take away from the one from whom all praise and glory and honor and wisdom and power and strength and worship is worthy of. Because we're going to be doing that forever. It ain't about you. And the problem is, I think to a very real extent, we get a little too enamored in this place. This little place called earth. So a fallen humanity, fallen world where things are not right. And we keep thinking we can perfect it, which we can't. It's fallen. It's messed up. We're part of the problem. That's why Jesus died. Our world is having a hard time right now trying to figure out how to deal with this fallen nature. Whether we're talking about war or sickness, we're still figuring it out, aren't we? And yet we have a Savior who has come down, died on the cross for you and me. And said, I have prepared a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back for you to take you to where I, where I am so that we will be together. Notice that place ain't here. And you and I trying to make our home here will always be disappointed in what this place has to offer. But he has purchased for us a place in heaven that he is preparing for us because we're part of the problem. You know, I do not, you know, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Oh, who will save this wretched man from inside of me, right? Praise be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's all about him. It's not about me. It's all about his praise. It's not about my praise. It's all about the place we're going to go that he has prepared for us, not about this place. We want to take others with us because they're in the same bad situation we were. And I want to get to heaven and I want to be praising God over and over and over again for this sacrifice that will resonate throughout all eternity because it purchased a place for you and me in the presence of God forever. Amen. How wonderful. This is just practice. When people say praise is boring, my goodness, what are you going to be doing all eternity? Because I'm going to be praising God. Because of what he's done for me. Because he is worthy because of what he's done for me. Because this place is broken and he has redeemed me from this place to an eternal dwelling that could not be bought by money. That could not be had by works. That was purchased by his precious blood on the cross for my life and for your life and for everybody who believes in him. For an inheritance that is stored up for you in heaven in a place that will never rot, spoil, or fail. Right? That ain't here. That ain't here. And for you and me to put our treasure in this place when we've been promised something greater is to take away from the very thing we're looking forward to. 
All praise and glory, blessing and honor belong to Jesus Christ our Lord. This, what we are privileged to do every Sunday together, is practice. It's practice for eternity. Singing the praises that we did this morning is practice for eternity. I look forward to that. I want to be in the presence of God. I want to not just see that. I want to see so much more. Revelation chapter 21. I just want to whet your appetite a little bit today. This is how the Psalms end. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That you and me as believers in Jesus Christ, you know what we get to do? We get to praise God for his sacrifice through Jesus Christ for all eternity. Praising God that we were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. For whatever purpose that we have yet to fulfill in heaven that he has prepared for us, which will be glorious because we will be in his presence forever. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And he was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. See, I don't know about you, but every word that I've read in the word of God has never been wrong when it comes to God making a promise to you and me. He promised Jesus, Jesus came. He promised that he was going to die for the sins of you and me. And he died for you and me. He promised that death would not have victory. And Jesus rose from the dead to show that he had the power over sin and death. And we have been proclaiming that message ever since. Looking forward to the day that death and sin and this broken world is finally vanquished. And the revelation of Jesus Christ and the coming of his saints... Aren't we looking forward to this? It's what we have to look forward to. We get an opportunity to sing about the greatness of God for all eternity. They need to see that this place is not our home. We need to start acting like this place is not our home. We need to start looking forward to what God has prepared for us. Eternity in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is something that the world right now desperately needs. And we get to practice it every week. In this place together, glorifying the great God and Savior of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to do. Psalm 150. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let's stand together. Join the choruses of heaven today. Recognizing that you and I were simply practicing for what God has prepared for us. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would live our lives as strangers in this place, recognizing what you have done in Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
the great hope that we have that he has died on the cross for our sins that he has rescued our lives because of our belief in him and helped us overcome grave and death that we look forward to a place that you have prepared for us that we will spend praising your sacrifice for all eternity God, help us to sing joyfully. Remind us, dear Heavenly Father, as you have, I believe, these last couple of years, this place is not our home. It's not. Oh, Lord, we have so much more to look forward to. And the world needs to see it from us first, that we're really looking forward to it. That it's a real place. And because of that, I am not worried about what man can throw at me. This place is sinful. This place is broken. This place is messed up. My own life is messed up. Only God, through Jesus Christ, can you put this back together again. We look forward, O oh Lord, for you. We pray in the name of Jesus, for the glory of Jesus, for him alone, God. Because all praise, honor, glory, power, majesty, strength belongs to Him. May we worship now in spirit and in truth, knowing this is what we're going to be doing for all eternity. Because you and you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen.